0: Tampa Bay's T-Tan Talk, entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State.
3: I saw a picture of a car that looked like this it was 63 Ford. but it was very similar so that was my inspiration for this one and i put the straight front excellent and all that so then i got second place in the Revell pactra contest in the store window schwartz's department store in broadway in newburgh back in 1960 Boy, yeah. 64. how did you get started in modeling i remember getting you know, birthday presents and i mm-hmm. got a kid i remember i built an airplane cabin cruiser, this boat a dinosaur skeleton a tyrannosaurus rex or <laughs> something i don't okay. think i ever finished that what happened was the magazine that we got it was an ad in there for the Ravel custom car kits, and they had fins and scoops and spotlights and chrome things all over them. And it was, I just stared at those pit cars. I thought that was the coolest thing. And I went out and I I got mm-hmm. the, the Ford kit, and that was the first model car that I remember building was a 56 Ford convertible. I have one here. The one I built as a kid is long gone. It it was a glue bomb. It was horrible. (laughs) Those kits were fairly difficult to build, but for a kid they were they were pretty tough. A couple years later I came across my first AMT kit. I bought a 59 Corvette. I remember standing in the store and looking at that AMT 1959 box and on the top of the box there's this custom car. This guy sitting in it and he's got the scoops and the skirts and the flames and stuff all over it. And it was the coolest illustration which brought your eye to it but on the end of the box yeah. there's a little sticker that says corvette and i thought to myself well, if i buy this what's in the box am i going to get that cool custom car or am i going to get a corvette that kind of figured yeah. it out but when you're 10 years old yeah. you know what these things go through your mind but that that hooked me i you know the one piece mm-hmm. body you did your custom work you were going to do a few decals screw it together you had it done by dinner time 60s were all the great cars, and, and now I love building custom stuff. I build a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm cursed with not having a favorite car, nor a favorite subject matter, so i got to have everything. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> My Pontiac, there's going to be a replica stock, basically, it's going to be a commercial vehicle.
0: Brock here from BRE Racing and AeroVault Trailers. Listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the best automobile show in the Southeast.
1: Okay, let's Welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, com, where you can find out all about us, and Google NostalgicRadioandCars.com, and you can pick up all of our 600 and a whole bunch more shows. Good evening, Bobby. How are you doing? Hey, good to
2: see you uh, again after our, our uh, much appreciated uh, discussion on... The
1: Bill Cochran Show. Oh, yeah. Well, big shout-out to our good friend Bill Cochran on the Only in American American show, which airs just before Nostalgic Radio and Cars on Tuesday between 6 and 7, and we are between 7 and 8. That's a good good two hours of listening for you yeah.
2: internal combustion engine fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, ICE. I, internal, C, combustion, engines, E, right? Okay, so anyway, on that note, um, yeah, electric cars, well, we talked a little bit on that for just for a second. Happy <laughs> post-Turkey Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, happy uh, post-Thanksgiving to everybody. But um, so on electric cars, mm, jury's still out. You know, I think uh, it should be you know, you should be able to buy what you want and drive what you want. It's real simple. It's real simple. It's a free market. But at any rate, on that note, speaking of cars, we will be talking about cars today. But today we're gonna to talk about itty bitty little tiny cars. Yeah, not little itty bitty micro cars. We're gonna be talking about model kit cars. We got a very special guest coming on the show. If you caught the opening uh, segment that I played, it was about a guy that was a model builder. And in the fifties and sixties, seventies even, probably through the 80s, a lot of us guys, uh, you know, we weren't into sports or anything like that. You know, obviously we were into bicycles, skateboards, and plastic model kits, and slot cars, and uh, go-karts, and things of that nature. But it starts with a toy car. Right, Bobby? It does. It goes from there. And it goes from there. Yeah. Well, your first toy car was a 68 Shelby Fastback. Remember that? We still have that, yep. too. That was your very first gift. I'm not sure how old you were, but I was trying to get you to kinda of say, Okay, this is a motor, these are wheels, this is a steering wheel, this is a door, this is a hood, this is this is a Shelby. In fact, I think I'm not sure, but I think maybe Maybe you said Shelby before you said Daddy. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, uh, I think what we're going to do is we... Oh, I'll give a uh, little update on some of the events that are coming up this weekend. This weekend, in starting on Friday, check out Gasparilla Concourse. That's our friends over there, uh, my uh, uh, Brandon Brando and uh, Joanne Pistorius. They're doing the second Gasparilla Concourse, which will take place in Luz. But go check out GasparillaConcourse.com. It's a lot of fun. In fact, they're doing a drive-through with some of these classic cars through Downtown Safety Harbor. I believe it's on Saturday between 2 and 3. Definitely want to check that out. And uh, next weekend, if you're down in South Florida on the East Coast, the Gold Coast, whatever they call it, the uh, Palm Beach Concourse with our friend Sidney Vallon. So we're going to have Sydney on next week. And uh, we might have uh, Joanne and Brando on and uh, just talk a little bit about some of the highlights that took place. And uh, we will uh, join in on the conversation. So on that note, Bobby's going to go to a roll of a song and then a commercial. And then we're going to get a special guest for Or The Other Way Around, you which way you want to do it. And we'll have our special guest on the show. And we're going to have a really, really interesting Story. Oh, speaking of which, how about a little wipeout by the Safaris? And we had the uh, Bob uh, on our show, the uh, founding one of the founding members of uh, the Safaris. Hey, you turn it into Nostalgia Radio Cars Touch dial. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back, we're back Now that wasn't the sound of a model car kit But that was the sound of a dragster going down the road So Bobby's going to go ahead and get our guests on the phone Um, We're calling all the way out west. Yes, all the way out I think to Utah if I remember correctly. Anyway, and uh, so we have a real interesting show tonight. But let me talk a little bit about the Gasparilla Concourse again. Okay, so Concourse this is the the this is started out last year as a the the first year out of the box. And it's really cool. It's kinda of like when I used to go to Amelia back in the early nineties and you watch and and I used to go to Pebble, okay. But Pebble had been around for probably 25, 30 years already. At that point in time, I think they're 70, 60, 50, 50 years, long time. Because I think it was in the late '50s when they started this, so that's yeah. So we're going 60 years almost, something like that. But at any rate, so and Pebble was, like I said, was established. Amelia, how when you see how Amelia evolved from 1997, I think seven was the first year I went there to where it was just last year. It's just absolutely incredible. Bill Warner did an amazing job. Well, the pastoruses basically have taken the best from from Pebble Beach and from. Uh, 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 Amelia, and basically brought that to us right here in the Tampa Bay area, and tied it in with the Gasparilla uh, theme a little bit, you know, because I guess that's coming up soon, right? The Gasparilla thingy, whatever that is, um, and, um, and and it, and they've done a very very good jo- job job with the show. I mean, last year it was really good out of the box, and this year it even uh, is going to be better. Like I said, where they're doing the the uh, Concorde d'Elegance or yeah which is kind of like a drive okay which they do in pebble and um, and they do that as well with all the cars that are going to be in the show some of the featured cars will show up downtown so if you can't make it to the concourse you can actually show up downtown Safety Harbor, go to gasparillaconcourse.com, and the cars will be down there so you can see these amazing cars. I mean, these are cars that sometimes you will only see them in magazines or you will only see them in a show like this. So, pretty spectacular event. So, I'm kind of thrilled to, to go through that. We have our guests on the line, Bobby? Yes, we're doing a okay. song for him. And we got a song for him. Okay, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Let's see what do we got tuned up here. What do we got queued up here? Surfer Joe. Oh, good old Surfer Joe. Again, by the Safaris. Okay. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia of Cars. We're going to go uh, into a little surf music, and then we're going to go into a little nostalgia. We'll be right back.
3: Down in Doheny, where the surfers all
2: go, there's a big bleached blondie named Surfer Joe. He's got a green surfboard with a woody to match. And when he's riding the freeways, man, is he hard to catch. Surf- With 26 surfboards and a hundred-pound load, I knew where he was heading, trying to reach the playground of the surfers, Doheny Beach. Surfer Joe.
1: Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our guest. But before I do that, I want to, Bobby just inform me that in the old days, if you played two songs back-to-back by the same group, it was called what? Twin Spin. The Twin Spin. The Twin Spin. Okay. Well, I'm sure our guest is familiar with that term because he was around back in the day. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the legendary model car designer, but not only model cars. He did real cars and some amazing stuff over the years. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening Tom Daniels. Oh. Tom, how are you? Hey Robert, how's it going? Pretty good. So you're way out west. Are you up in the in the in the highlands in Utah, or are you uh, kind of like down in the ground someplace in
3: the plains? In
0: the <laughs> right. plains, as I said. Well, say. I'm, in U- I'm in southern Utah, and this is five thousand feet elevation here. It's high desert.
1: High desert. That was the term I was looking for, you know. So, But, uh, okay. So, Tom, why don't you uh, give us a little background about yourself um, for our listeners. Obviously, you and I have talked about this, but I think uh, hearing it straight from the horse's mouth is always always best.
0: Uh, do you want the whole story? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean,
1: you can talk about how you kind of – let's talk about how you got interested in cars, okay, and then drawing, what?
0: Right, actually, yeah, basically, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm getting the feedback here. Uh, anyway, I'm a, I was a child of the Depression era, right in the middle of the Depression uh, when I was a toddler and a young, a young boy, and, and at that time, uh, the world fascinated me, all the things around me that were moving trucks and cars and steam locomotives and steam shovels and all kinds of things. And that ultimately played a role in later years, much later years, uh, when I got a chance to design uh, model carcass for monogram models back in uh, Illinois at the time. So that, that kind of led to that. I've always had artistic ability from a fairly young age. And uh, in fact, I was an art major in high school, and uh, and then I went on to the Art Center School in West Los Angeles uh, to become an industrial designer. Finally, and uh, from there, I went. Was hired by General Motors, and there's a lot of things that happened in between. But that is uh, that's basically what happened.
1: Well, now, it's interesting because um, you were at the Art Center of Design in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of notable people who went there. Wayne Cherry went there. Larry Shinoda went there. Um, I think uh, our good friend, mutual friend, Peter Brock was there, obviously. And weren't you there right about the same time some of those guys were?
0: Right, yeah. Actually, I was lucky like they were that I had Sir to McMahon as my first uh, transportation Design instructor and Mac and I became great friends over the years, like he was you know, for most of those guys too. But yeah, you know, the the original Art Center uh, now it's called the Art Center College of Design and it's in Pasadena. But I was lucky enough to, to be at the original campus, which was a former ghoul, girls' school <laughs> out no. the rich area of, of West Hollywood. But it was four years of a tough grind, and uh, fortunately, I made it through barely. And like I said, I think I mentioned that uh, in the senior year, Chuck Jordan came out from General Motors. Uh, Chuck at that time was the uh, chief designer in the Cadillac studio. And he came out with Milo McNaughton, who was the director of, of uh, personnel at the tech center. And uh, I was lucky. I got Actually, when I started at Art Center, there was like 80, a little over 80 students of uh, and when we graduated, there were 13 of us left. Five of us got jobs. And I was one of the lucky ones that went to GM, which I wanted to do from the get-go. And a few of the guys went to Ford. But uh, anyway, it was a uh, dream come true.
1: What was it like working with Struthers McNe- Mc- McMinn? Is that how you pronounce his last name?
0: Yeah, Struthers McMinn. Mac. Mac was... He was a, you know, he was not easy.
1: <laughs> well, now didn't he yeah, work for he, one? He, didn't he work for one of the big three before he went off back teaching at the art he, center? Yes, he
0: did. Yes, he did. And at, at the time, he, the uh, the main guy was also uh, uh, George uh, Jergensen was also uh, formerly. I think he was Jergensen was back at Ford, but. But uh, anyway, yeah, there was also I was very lucky in, in my junior years or I think it was uh, Bob Cadere took a hiatus from styling. Bob Cadere was in, the assistant chief designer in Chevrolet. He designed the this classic 57 Chevy Bel Air and the 59. Uh, anyway, he came out to, for a year of instruction and uh, we we just hit it off you know, right off the bat, he was. It was great to have his help in and formulating my little mind. And when I went back to styling, we became big. You know, you know, we're pretty close friends back there also. Interesting. So it was an interesting, interesting time for sure.
1: Okay, so when you got hired by General Motors, now Chuck Jordan is also credited with designing, I believe, also the stylish buick Riviera, but I'm not sure. I think it was a 67 or 68 model was his because it was tied in with the Cadillac Eldorado, very similar and, and the old Tornado. So, I think he was involved with those, but you ended up going to truck styling, correct?
0: Right. Yeah, by the way, the Tornado was designed by uh one of my another classmate uh, uh Dave North, I think that was his name. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I don't think Chuck had anything to do with that, but but anyway, yeah, Chuck. When he saw my portfolio at our Center, I, I had always been like, again, I was interested in you know heavy machinery and, and trucks and whatever, so I had some designs in my portfolio, and uh, Chuck took notice of those. And he was a he was a heavy equipment guy himself. He designed the Aerotrain Train, General Motors, and he had some really wild. Really heavy-duty Euclid uh, off-road uh, vehicles, but anyway, yeah, they but they didn't put me in the, the the advanced truck studio right away. I went to where all tyro designers go at GM Styling. Then it was in, in called preliminary design, which we it was called the playpen actually. Oh,
3: really?
0: <laughs> and what happened there was that everybody was in there. Uh, Kind of had to come up with some kind of a a, a project, and uh, which I did, which was a, uh, a a series of vehicles that would uh, for touring the, the GM Tech grounds. I, I know when I came in there that a lot of people came through there that wanted to go through, you know, the, the like sightseeing at Disneyland, basically. But they were just driven around in cars, and I thought, well, it'd be really cool to have something automated where they just got in these little, they're like two-piece, little bubble cars uh, with uh, electronic track. It would just go around, you know, kind of like Disneyland. Uh-huh. And then also a, a larger vehicle, a turbine-powered uh, bus, more or less, for when they had a bunch of people came in. And uh, anyway, it, by the time that got down to the paint shop and um, the models of those to get painted, and Bill Mitchell was down there then, and he took a look at that bus model and at me, and then right away I was transferred into Advanced Truck Studio, which was great. Uh, so I was, in, I was only in the playpen for a couple, three months. The deal was, if you didn't have something by six months time, then you were you were let go, basically, so. Um, that was that was a fun time for sure. The me... advanced truck studio was a walled off petition in the uh, southwest corner of the of the Chevy Chevrolet GMC uh, truck studio. So they were working on the production items when we were in this little walled off thing where we were working on advanced concepts and uh, other than trucks even. I right off the bat. I was sent over to uh, to Chicago uh, to tour the uh, the electro plant there because they they were talking about some new designs for commuter uh, reg- uh, diesel-powered commuter uh, trains. So I, I had it was a great time. I had all kind of stuff I was working on there.
1: When you were back in the playpen, would you say you were in there with a lot of a lot of talent? for lack of a better description, I mean, a lot of guys that were talented and gifted like yourself?
0: Yeah, again, there were several of my art center classmates. Dave North was one of them. Tom Bazzini was in there. Uh, was, yeah, there were some for sure talented guys, and they went on to do you know their own trip.
1: Was there, um, was there anybody in there that didn't make it in the playpen but went on to something bigger, better, um, did you can a call?
0: Yeah, if there was, I didn't know about it. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you always, you always want to root for the underdog, too, a little bit, you know. So. But anyway, all right, so then now you're a GM. So how long were you there?
0: I was there until uh, my high school sweetheart said, I'm out of here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she, well, we were both, uh, you know, She's uh, this, this, this. What can to say from Southern California, but you know Detroit, Michigan was another world. Let me tell you.
1: Well, let me uh, ask. Wasn't there something about uh, didn't you? Because you were uh, in the uh, military reserve. Did you have to get in? Didn't wasn't there something there where you had to go do something with uh, the military there for a short period of time, which took you out of General Motors?
0: Right. What? No. What happened was about the time. Well. When I was in high school, uh, and uh, my art art teacher knew that I liked design cars, and he set up a field trip for me to go to the art center. Right. uh, In my junior year, so I spent my whole senior year at Montebello High School and in, uh, in California, Southern California, putting together a portfolio to present to them, which they accepted. Okay. Uh, oddly enough, I mean, normally you have to have at least some years of junior college to get in, but I was accepted. And uh, about about that time, as, as I was graduating in the 54-55 class from high school, the Korean War was going on, and everybody was getting drafted. And I I didn't want to be a you know go to Korea and be a grunt. In the mud.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I liked I liked airplanes, so I joined the Naval Air Reserve, basically, oh, okay. so that I could go to college. And when you do that, you have there's one weekend a month you you you, uh, you do your duty at the reserve where I was stationed at the Los Alamitos Naval Air Station, and uh, and then when I when I uh, when I moved to Detroit, then I was at the Gross Heal, NAS Gross hill there in the Detroit River. And then when when, when my wife uh, decided to leave Detroit and I had, she was my little baby boy and then she was also pregnant with my second son. Uh, what happened was I I took a leave of absence from, from a GM, which they weren't too happy about. To go back to California to try to you know, reason with her because I had my. It was a dream job. I mean, I loved it there. <sighs> and uh, about that, that time I got back, that was when the Cuban Missile Crisis started, and I was called active duty for eleven months. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we're talking then, the Cuban Missile Crisis thing here now, right? And and, and all that stuff. Yeah, the early, early, yeah, uh, six, nineteen
0: sixty-two, right? Okay. And uh, and when I actually when I was released from that when we were discharged and I was done with the reserve, a couple of my other my friends that uh, I had at our center, one of them, both of them are actually at the uh, they got work at the Apollo Moon Project in Downey, California for North American Aviation, and they called me and said, "Hey Tom, you know this is great," and so I went over and applied for design engineer job at the on the on the apollo project and i got i got hired there and it wasn't too long after that that chuck jordan came out he took he made a special trip out to california to look me up and try to get me to come back to to styling and he came out of the house he drove up in a you know big it was a red uh, gto convertible
1: Ooh, nice
0: it, yeah right and uh he made his pitch and and Diane said, "Well, hey, you can go, but I'm staying and that by that time I had a also had a little baby daughter, you know, so three kids, and uh, you know they just it was wasn't in the cards. I had to just say, "I'm sorry, Chuck, I can't go back." Uh, which is unfortunate, but anyway, that the uh, Apollo thing was interesting also. So what did you several do? Years.
1: What did you do on that project? What's what was what was your task?
0: Yeah, initially I was with a group called uh, uh, Ground Equipment. Uh huh. And um, it, that had to do with recovery of the capsule, and, and there it was, it was, it was a lot of technical stuff. Uh, at the time, I I wasn't sure it was ever going to work. But at the time, they weren't sure whether they were going to bring the capsule back. Uh, on the ground or on, or on water and they had, uh, behind the Downey plant in the, in so and then down in California there, which by the way, down, that plant was during World War II, that's where they built B-24 Liberators was, it was owned by consolidated aircraft. then, And my mom was a, was a, she wasn't a Rosie the Riveter, but she was a secretary there uh, so it was. It was an old air, aircraft-oriented uh, plant to begin with. But um, what they did was they built a big, uh, like a huge, like a swimming pool out in some of the the land behind the the plant there, and a big gantry. And what they did was they had a, 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 a Apollo capsule there that they would swing up, way up in the air, and then let it swing down and then cut it loose and. When it hit, they had also hit the ground. once. they they, they ground tested it and that didn't work. I mean, <laughs> the, the Apollo guys would have been toast. So then they used the uh, the big the big water uh, pool and that worked. So that that's the way that they from then on all these all these recoveries have been in underwater. But and then I went from there. I went into the simulation and evaluation group and that was actually working on the on the capsule the three man capsule itself and i, I designed you know the whole you know it's kind of hard to describe it it was it was interesting i mean it wasn't designing in vehicles but it was design work
1: so what did you design the, the configuration of the capsule
0: no, it had nothing to do with the capsule itself. There, there was a lot of the test equipment. and okay. it, I mean, back then, back then there wasn't. At the time, uh, computer-wise, it was. I mean, that was in you know Henry Ford days almost. <laughs> uh, they weren't sure whether they were going to go with uh, with uh, what form of of computer, analogous or digital. And I, I thought they were going to go with analogous, but it went the other way. They, everything was done by ones and zeros. Um, but um, they, the, the test equipment. Uh, Jimmy, I wish I could show you images. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier. But anyway, that was that was just uh, one segment uh, on the side. There, I was doing along with my my two uh, art center. Uh, classmates, we just, we put together a little side business called Pacific Design Consultants where we started doing consulting design work for various companies in Southern California. And uh, it actually, it, 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 this is a little bit jumbled here chronologically speaking, Robert, because uh, while I was at Art Center, I was always looking for side work, and uh, a friend of mine put me in contact with a guy named Lynn Weinland, who was then the, the first editor of Rod and Custom magazine. And he was the first art director and the, and the second editor. And through him, I got, uh, started doing drawings for on the, off the sketch pad for Rod and Custom magazine. Oh, wow. That was before I graduated. And and that opened up all kinds of things. I mean, I, w- I was doing the sketch pad for over a decade, way over. Plus all the other magazines a piece and Hot Rod, Motor Trend, uh, Sports Car Graphic, uh, Guns and Ammo. You know, I did work for all of them. And also Rod and Custom Models magazine. And what happened there was that Roger Harney and Bob Reeder... Monogram models. Bob Reader was one of the uh, one of the uh, original owners. Uh, spotted my work, and that led to down the road to design work with Monogram, which which led to the Beer Wagon model kit, which was the first one. And that that opened up a whole new world for me. It was uh, I, I, it was a dream job. Also, I mean, I didn't have to produce things to, to sell to a committee. It has turned me loose.
1: <laughs> when you when you designed the models, what was a lot of the inspiration? Okay, so the most notable one model that you built, you know, that's for all his car model guys back in the day, and was the Red Baron, right? And
0: yeah, that was actually the second model. Again, they they my first project was well, they well they uh, they said they had they wanted to take a Mack truck and hot rod it. Okay. okay. I mean, that was, and again, this comes in from my childhood. When I, I remember the old Mack trucks with the chain drive were, you know, grinding along the streets. So, uh, and so when I did the drawings for them, for that, uh, and they, they, uh, and that got into production, I mean, that just took off, you know, that was a big time seller also, million seller. But from, from that, they just turn me loose, and and they say, well, what else do you have? <laughs> Actually, the only one I really had was an idea that I had been toying with, and that was uh, from the 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 bucket on the Model T, the old Model T uh, car body. Uh, looked like that. I don't know where this came from. At the time, the, the surfers were wearing uh, German helmets, and California was a big thing for, I don't know why. <laughs> And for some reason, I thought you know that helmet would fit on the on the tea bucket and so I went ahead and just created this the the vehicle um uh, i I actually went down to uh a museum in Orange county the the uh, tallman mass museum there was a great aircraft museum and they had a they had a full size uh mercedes benz aircraft engine there. Uh, which i wanted to put in the car uh-huh. except it was about eight feet long i mean it was huge so what i had to do is was just was shrink that down and and they use a lot of the other accoutrements uh, you know machine guns and whatever and for the name it just so happened at that time uh well it's a, i can't think of the group name but they were bloody red there yeah
1: royal guardsmen
0: uh, right the guardsmen and then of course peanuts you know Snoopy. the Snoopy and the Red Baron and things Yeah. Uh so the name just Red Baron I mean it has got to be called the Red Baron so that's that's what the name was. And uh, and that from then on they just they just turned me loose. I mean I just whatever I came up with it was you know whether it was the iced tea or a cherry bomb or it, and a lot of those names were from my childhood again.
1: So when you were younger um And I'm going to say model car building kind of became popular. I'm going to say it actually, you know, people were messing around with cars, but didn't it kind of somewhat evolve from like wooden car models and then eventually went to plastic? So that was sometime there was a transition in the 50s. Were you part of that? Did you do any of that or was that – so, in other words, how did you get involved in the model building aspect of it? So did you kind of fully understand, okay, these models and 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 what kids build and, and 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 how to market and and design what kids would build?
0: Well, the the wooden and actually cardboard during that World War II everything was restricted. Okay. So the plastic market didn't actually happen until after World War II, uh, and they and they were pretty well, they were pretty crude, really. Right. Uh. But um, the, with monogram, they is, they actually started with wooden models, and wooden ship models, and wooden airplanes, and all that good stuff. But so I, as far as the designing, I mean, I, as a design, as a designer, as a transportation designer, I mean, I you know the the nomenclature, you know, whether the chassis, the motor, the you know whatever the, all the parts and pieces are. I mean, I. I had a free rein to design those if, if they were something out of my mind, and of course for motors we use uh, you know V eights or straight sixes or whatever. And Monogram had separate tooling for all those, so I didn't have to de- actually design a a motor per se. Although on some of them, like the Tarantula, the dragster, I did design the upper portions of it with the with the dual. Um, uh, uh air uh i no, don't want to say compressors but the blown uh motors
1: <laughs> okay superchargers
0: yeah superchargers right uh, and then some of them i used like a straight well on the on a red bear in there that it was a straight eight and i uh, you know kind of had to shrink that down like i said for that for the model
1: so back in the day, when you were to 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 get, let's say, inspiration for some of these models, and you're in Southern California, so you're around the hot rod scene, were you a hot rodder? Did you have cars back in the day, too? And then by going to car shows, was that kind of an inspiration as well to some of the crazy stuff mm-hmm. that you did?
0: Not really. I no. mean, my family was what you would call poor. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about
1: when you, when you, when and the, when things started going better for you in the mid '60s. Before you know, before when you were designing models, were you kind of in the cars at that point?
0: Well, I was always in the cars. I mean, I had a, my original one was a, a fat fendered '41 Ford business coupe.
3: Oh, okay. You know
0: that I tinkered with a little bit, and then I had a '46 Ford sedan that I drove. You know, that I kept for a long time that I drove to art center for a while. And it had, you know, I had, uh, it, <laughs> the big thing then was what's called raking out. I mean, there was two with the tail draggers, or the other one was small tires in front and big tires in the rear from, like, from the dragsters. Uh-huh. And that's what I did with the forty six. I even put six inch shackles on the back of it so and tractor tires on it.
1: Oh man. <laughs> and, and,
0: I, and I painted <laughs> and I hand painted white wall back then white wall tires were, you know, nobody gets for those but they had some called varsity paint, so I painted the white wall tires and I had cutouts off of the uh, off of the exhaust manifold and whoa, was that loud. <laughs> and they painted coral beach coral it was it was really cool it was a neat car and then i had a 50 murk that had some customizing on it uh, but not, you know nothing radical i mean I, I didn't have a 32 ford with a you know with a cam in it or anything like that but uh, later on as you know i, I did uh, the first fun cars i had after things went well with monogram sales uh, i got a 67 corvette uh, fastback, split window, uh, that I had blueprinted. It had four twenty seven. Oh wow! Uh, and that was boy, that was that was a rocket. And uh, and then I did after I got the seventy Corvette that, that they made the model kit out of the California Street Vet. They called it, uh-huh. which is right now it's in restoration. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have it painted here pretty soon. And uh, uh, yeah, there were other cars. I had I had a little a little tiny Fiat Abarth uh, Zagato body race car for a while. That was fun. Ooh,
1: that's interesting. So you have yeah. some of the cars from back in the day then?
0: Yeah, I did. I, I, you know, they weren't uh, again. They weren't um, really hot rods. They were more. They were more
1: road you cars know. road cars basically yeah
0: road You're, cars with, uh-huh. with some you know with tweaks here and there
1: okay now did, when you in those days okay so when you had those cars did you then go to car shows uh, you know and and, and uh, just check out the scene and was any of that an inspiration for some of the models that you created
0: not really as far as the car shows at, at our center they had the Autorama in Hollywood and we used to, we'd go to that from classes from when when they had an autorama shows and and gm ford whoever was out there you know showing all their radical um, show cars there uh that was that was neat but um there weren't really there weren't any that i remember really the car shows like we see today okay but, uh, the hot rod thing it started prior to World War II, and then after the guys that made it back, they picked up again, and then that's when the hot rod uh, industry really took off in, in Southern California and other places. But from you know Edelbrock and you know all the different you know, the different manufacturers that that were making goodies to hop up your cars. Uh, but it's nothing like today. I mean, that was still back in the dark ages, really.
1: <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this. So now you're working for Monogram. you design designed some pretty wild kits. You're successful. Monogram is successful. In fact, they credit a lot of their success as a result of a lot of the designs that you you created for their market.
0: Yeah, that's true. They, they took a really hit before I came on board. And I, I never did actually. I was an employee. I was a consultant designer. Okay. So I was working from my home in Southern California, and I would make a couple of trips back there uh, to Morton Grove, Illinois, every each year. And what I back then, uh, again, there, there was no computers. I mean, I couldn't send them, you know, digital files of drawings. What I had to do was, when I got drawings done, I would pack them up and I would head out to. Uh, LAX. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with California at all. Are you?
1: Oh yeah, well, I grew up in Marin County, so yeah, I'm a native. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, all right, right. Yeah. Anyway, so I would from out in Walnut, California, in in, in out, out towards Pomona. Yeah. Uh, I would head over there like you know three in the morning with a bundle of stuff for one of their red eye flights to back to uh, Monogram or, you know, back east and they there would somebody would be there to pick them up and then they go right into the to the uh the monogram uh shop and you know, where they had all their they had some fantastic uh model builders uh building scratch build stuff you know the scratch build models of some of my stuff it blew me away what these guys could do and they had really good a couple of really good engineers that uh, could add when I, uh, you know, I would draw all the parts and pieces that were needed, like for the Red Baron, you know, for the radius rods, whatever it was. Um, and a guy named Ken Merker, I think he's not with us anymore, but he was a really hip engineer, and he would add the, just the, the couple of degrees wherever he needed it for for uh, able to, to pull the parts out of the molds. Um But I was really lucky. I I had some people there monogram. They were just marvelous to work with. I don't, you know, we never, we didn't have any problems at
1: all. Did you ever go to any of the model? I mean, they always had like model car shows. Sometimes they had model conventions because that was the big thing back in the 70s and 80s, particularly in the 60s as well. Did you ever go to any of those uh, events and and check out some of the other models, including some of the stuff that you had built or designed and, and, and see the finished product out there that were built by the average guy like me?
0: Uh, I did some, yeah, and I was actually invited to judge a lot of them. Okay, <laughs> uh, which uh, sometimes it got to be a hassle, but uh, yeah, I, I, I did some of it, you know, that when it was local, and and of course over the years, it, you know, people wanted me to attend uh, something that's hard to do sometimes, but but yeah, yeah, they were in fact right now the nice thing about this digital age is that all the time i get incoming emails from uh car shows uh, that are you know the the tom daniel theme type of shows and some of the work just blows me away that they're doing and i and i try to you know some of these i'll send uh you know t-shirts or something to the winners
1: oh wow cool So
0: that's yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's actually it's very, very. At this late game, I mean, I in a couple of three, four days, I'm going to be 86. Oh, I mean, I can't believe it. Cool. But I, I get so many nice emails from people that back then, your age, who were building models, and they're getting back into building models now, which is great. And building models with their grandkids, uh, and and Tom Daniel stuff. So it's. I mean, back then when I did all that, who knew? I just—I was having fun for stuff that I liked to do. I had no idea whether they'd sell or not. You was, know, that was just...
1: I got an inquiry here. Um, was the Wolfman Dragster one of yours, one of your designs?
0: Yeah, the Wolfman Jack was... When I uh, when I was going to school at Huntington Park, uh, to the junior high in the Huntington Park High School before I moved to Montebello. Yeah, Wolf Mac Jack was on the radio there. He was at Vernon and Central. It was where he, where he, uh, and, and he was, Wolfman Jack was in that uh, What was that movie, Uh, American Graffiti,
1: or whatever it was? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, no. The the question was, did uh, there was a Wolfman Dragster model? Did you was that one of your designs?
0: No, no, no. I I have no idea what that was. No, for for my things, there's quite a few YouTube. segments with td things tom daniel things the uh, max models max company down in florida he's down in florida i don't know if you know max
1: no i don't
3: uh.
0: max models. yeah he's a pilot for JetBlue, um but he's a huge model maker and builder of mostly airplanes but he he put together a great uh, uh kind of a chronology of 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 on me i think it's called tom daniel master designer Okay. And then, of course, Stacy, you know, our friend
1: Stacy. Stacy David from Gears TV, yep.
0: Right, yeah, and he's got, he's just starting to release segments of what will ultimately be a a full documentary. And he's he's doing this. Again, they were up here with the crew last year for three days and just took tons and tons of film and still shots. And... uh, so that like he said you know those will be popping up here and then there was a there was a uh, Phil Davis uh did a uh, uh a uh, the man behind the models was a, <clears throat> a video back in the late uh let's see 19 uh 80s, you know, yeah, it was the 80s. I'm getting lost on my time here. <laughs> anyway, there's there's quite a bit of things on there now. I see, and what's happening now is <clears throat> with the re-releases of uh, of my things through Atlantis Models, which is in New York. Uh-huh. Uh You know, Monogram's gone. They unfortunately, their parent company got pulled into bankruptcy, and they took down Monogram Models with them. And the tooling is scattered. Some, a lot of it's in Europe, but there's a, the American company Atlantis uh, has a good selection of mine and they're coming out with them regularly. And then when, in my son Kelly Thomas Daniels doing the box art now because I, my hand and my eyes aren't what they were when I used to do those box art. And but anyway, there's there's people on YouTube now that are doing uh, Bill the Tom Daniels. You know, Son of troublemaker or whatever, or the you know the groovy grader or the unreal roller or you know a bunch you know, school bus whatever. So there's a lot out there, and it it's it's fun. It's it's uh it's I, 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 it's keeping you know, the legend ahead.
1: alive, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's amazing. It I mean, who knew? I mean, this is a half century, and this stuff is still you know it's. Different generations are responding to this, and, and the older guys, uh, again, you know, like to get their try some of their childhood back. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, that they, when they were, I, I get so many, uh, like I said, so many emails that they remember exactly where they were when they bought the iced tea.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, super,
0: and uh, it, it's it's really satisfying. I mean, it's it's humbling for sure. Tom, it's, I mean,
1: Tom we are up against the clock so if people want to find out more about you how do they go about doing that
0: well the easiest way it's from our website it's just it's tomdaniel.com as okay. long as they don't put an S on the end of my name everybody does that you know Tom Daniels. <clears throat> but if they just go to tomdaniel.com uh, they can see all, my, all the kits and uh, other things like gary gablitz uh, my my good buddy and a, a lot of other things on there so
1: well that sounds good that's good well we will certainly keep you in the loop here every once in a while see what's going on and again tom i want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at nostalgic radio and cars surely surely was a treat me being a model car guy i built a number of your models from monogram also amt amc amt Ravel, uh, MPC, IMC, all those I mean, unfortunately they're not here again but, uh, you know, some of them are but the models are still here and they're being reissued and uh, we're glad you're still alive and well and healthy and, and, and a legend that's there to keep it going and uh, again, we want to thank you for coming on our show this evening.
0: Robert, thank you so much. Take care.
1: Okay, thank you very much. I want to thank my special guest, Tom Daniel. I said it right. Single Tom Daniel. Legendary, I do a car designer, model car designer... Monogram, car designers. I mean, just really cool, classic 60s, uh, 70s stuff. 70s stuff, actually. So, in the meantime, don't forget, Gasparilla Concourses this weekend, Palm Beach Concourses next weekend, and we are here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. Big shout-out again to our friend over there, uh, Bill, at the Only in America Minute, right, Bobby? Only in America Minute is at 8 noon and 6 every day, and the show's at 6 on Tuesdays. Right, and so, you know, hey, and it's car season, there's a lot of stuff going on, and a big shout out to my good buddy Maverick Will Do It, who was a live guest on our radio show last week. In the meantime, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I found an island in your arms, country in your
3: arms.